Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, guys? Welcome to Strathers Wars. I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars. And each episode, I find a Patreon subscriber to talk about it with. Yeah, we're still workshopping the name, but that's the goal. Each episode, I am going to talk to a Steel Wars Patreon subscriber and ask them what some of their favorite Steel Wars moments are. In this episode, I got to talk with Rebecca Edwards. She was so cool about it and such a trooper. She was under the weather, and over the course of a couple of sessions, she put this episode together with me. Speaking of Trooper, she does a really, really good Phasma cosplay that I'm hoping she can bring to the next Star Wars celebration. Anyway, let's get to it. Rebecca, how did you first get into Star Wars? Um, Star Wars, well, I was old enough um in terms of being four years old uh for the original lease of star wars so that's just i've aged myself there uh, fully and i was the same age then (laughs) there we go well the way it first started was that um we were going to the drive-in to see star wars uh big long queue to get in i don't know how long we'd waited to actually get in to see it and at the time we had uh, a hq station wagon so and australians will know what car that is And my parents used to always say, hide in the back so we get you in for free getting into the cinema or the the (laughs) drive-in. And I'd worked out that between the wheel arch and the back seat, I could hide in there perfectly as a four-year-old and nobody knew I was there. Wait a minute. Were were they being serious? Or I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun. Go ahead. So we've turned up at the window and they've said two adults, two children, and the guys looked in the back of the car and said, no, there's one child. And my sister was sitting in the back seat and I was nowhere to be found. So they they turned the car upside down looking for me. They couldn't find me. So they've done the U-turn out of the, the drive-in, going home, and that's when I pop up from my little hiding spot between the wheel hub and where the rear seat of the car was. And I'm a bit sad because I'm wondering why we're not going to see Star Wars. And that led to me getting a bit of a thrashing and... Uh, then we had to wait until the movie came out on television. So I guess in a way my first Star Wars experience was not seeing Star Wars and in a way I guess that kind of hooked me into wanting to see these movies and to um, have them as part of my life. Oh, jeez. Did, did, uh, did you get into collecting or the figures at all? There was a kid that lived down the street from me and um, my mum knew his mum. And he had all the Star Wars toys. And that, like, if, if it came out as a toy, he had it. And I just wanted that collection. And, that, and my parents were like, no, that's, that's not for you. You can't have Star Wars. So it sort of just <laughs> stayed in, my, in the back of my head uh, all the time. And that's sort of how I got into Star Wars. That's cool. 
That's really cool. I yeah, I saw the original Star Wars movie in the theater when it came out, and I get teased a lot in my circle of friends for being so old. It's like, give me a break, man. I'm not that old. Where the originals? That's right. Exactly. See, you get it. Yeah, you get it. Like, why is this movie so popular? That was the thing. It's like it's crazy, but it's it's so fantastic. Oh yeah, I can still remember the first time I saw it. I I remember it really well, actually. Just parts of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like during the trench run on the Death Star, I would. This was before the all the movie theaters had the stadium style seating. It was just the gradual slope up, and so so I could see better. I would take the fold down seat, but leave it folded up and sit on the top edge of the folding part. And okay. in my head, I was imagining that I was, you know, in an X-Wing. And my little boy, who he'll be three at the end of this month, he'll take his toy X-Wing and stand in front of our television when that section of the movie's on and, like, do his part for the rebellion and stand in front of it like he's, you know. And it just reminds me so much of me. I love seeing that. I know, that, that's the thing. It, it's such a timeless set of movies that, that anyone can enjoy it. And that parent onto child thing, uh, there's nothing really offensive. They they don't date because they're set you know, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but effectively in the future for us. So, yeah, it, it just has that, that thing that you can connect with it in some way. And that, the, the thing that connected for me was um, Princess Leia being such a strong character. And that, that was... Uh, basically from the time that she um, said to Luke that he's a little short to be a stormtrooper, I was in. And uh, I'm, I'm noticing <laughs> that these days with, with kids getting into Ray as a character, it's, it's such a strong role model as a character. And that's so, um, yeah, you've got to love these movies. There's something in them for everyone. Oh, for sure. I, I just posted on Facebook the other day that my little boy, my little girl, she loves Star Wars. And she just turned five. My my son, he we were playing with his little toys and he said, I'll be Ray. You know, it to him, the fact that she's a girl has no bearing on how he views her, you know, which I think is fantastic. I really like that. Well, that's what I was trying to get out the other day when I called into the call-in show, and it just turned into me doing a, a basic rant, um, because at the time I was standing outside at work, it was freezing to, uh, temperature, I was getting sick at the time, and I was just letting all this frustration out, so I'm really sorry to you for having to edit that down. I haven't listened to the episode yet, but um, yeah, it was just like, oh, i just got to get this out of my head, but at least biggest bugger off. <laughs> There's enough room in the universe for everyone. <laughs> So, so speak, how did you find out about Steel Wars? Um, well, I first sort of found out about Steel Saunders because I was bored. Um, it was a, a summertime. Uh, all my podcasts had run out. I was looking for some more podcasts. I'd kept hearing about the Green Guide uh, letters coming up as being a good podcast. So I downloaded a few of those episodes and got into that. And then when he started the, the Steel Wars one, I thought, well, I like this guy, so I may as well listen to his other podcast. And from the first podcast, I was like, hang on, yeah, I do like Star Wars. Why have I shuffled this off to the back corner of the room for so many years? These are awesome films, <laughs> and they're coming out with more. I've got to get back into this. And so sort of as, as Steele's podcast has grown, my reappreciation of the movies has grown with it. Uh, so that's sort of where I got into Steel Wars um, from the start. Uh, I was actually his number one um, um, patron, uh, not when he's on Patreon, when he's on Bandcamp, the number one supporter. And I'd actually 
signed up to support that before I'd, he'd even announced it. Nice. Now, l- let me ask you this. What, do you remember the first episode of Steel Wars that you heard? Not really. I was um, at work at the time um, and I was on my lunch break and it was just like, I just need to chill, relax. And I just sort of zoned out from it. But it was listening from episode one uh, was where I, f- I first joined in. And I sort of, I'll listen to podcasts and then it's, there's so much going on and I kind of like, okay, put that one behind me and then maybe sometime in the future I remember, oh, I remember this bit from that podcast and then I'll go back and listen to it again. But um, in terms of um, having instant recall of, of past episodes of anything, forget it. The, the only <laughs> things that seem to, to stick in my memory are Beatles lyrics and obscure facts. Uh, so, yeah, if you don't, like the law that you can't take a fishing uh, rod through a Detroit cemetery after dark. Why do I have that in my memory? It will never affect me, but for some reason my mind has it at the forefront. Well, that's good information to have. Well, I, I hopefully we'll um, get to celebration in um, 2019, so it may come in useful then, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Oh, that I hope you do, that because um, I'm hoping to go too, and maybe I'll have my first order stormtrooper done and we can walk around. Yeah, I need to work out a way to get all my phasma over there. Um, so, yeah, but it's a lot of water under the bridge until then. Do you have an episode that you could say definitively is your favorite? I know that's pretty hard. Yeah, uh, look, not really an absolute favorite um, in terms of the majority of them are just like, okay, this is something interesting, there's something interesting. But I suppose the one that really stands out for me would have to be um, episode 64 with Leonard Moulton. Um, because that one, I think, still, he, he didn't take the next step up in broadcasting. He took the elevator to the top floor, and that it was, you could tell his, his style was changed. He was showing a lot of respect for, for Leonard in the way that he interviewed him, and you could see that Leonard was like, hey, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm going to give you even more, because we've got this good banter happening. And so um, I, I just think that really showed off Steele's range as an interviewer. Now... You then uh, we had like Empire, which you gave uh, four stars yep. to, yep. your highest rated. Yep. Um, how do you, I, I? I always think that, like in retrospect, we're used to it being an amazing film, but it could have gone like a traditional sequel and been a lesser of, you know, like a mm-hmm. a bad photocopy of the previous mm-hmm. film. How did you find Empire that that they totally? Like they, they expanded the mythology. Yeah, well, they sucked me in, as they did many others, uh, deepening the characters and their relationships and uh, really making us care. These were not stick figures, you know, in a visual effects universe. These were characters that lived and breathed and uh, uh, where there was a lot at stake and you were made to feel that and experience that vicariously through these characters. It just, everything clicks in that movie. Mm. At the time, I was a little put off by the fact that it absolutely assumed you had seen Star Wars. If you, I think at the time I was a little, you know, sometimes I got uptight about silly things. And I would say, well, you know, you know, you shouldn't have to have an entrance exam to see a movie. Yeah. You know, you should be able to just go see a movie. Uh, and this pretty much requires you to have seen Star Wars. Well, duh, everybody saw Star Wars. <laughs> Shut up, Leonard. You know, <laughs> stop being so, you know, su- such a prig. <laughs> I like that. That I like that. I, I'm a fan of complaints. And <laughs> it, it's funny to like, you're complaining about something. It's like, but everyone's seen it. But still, 
<laughs> they shouldn't have had to have. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really good. Really good. That that episode, I've actually gone back and listened to that one a few times, and that because it's, it's it's soothing to listen to, and you learn so much about media in general from Leonard. So, uh, and I, I just think that yeah, Steele bought the most out in him. That's that's a cool way to look at it. I guess I never really thought about it that way. I always thought about it in reverse, you know. And yeah, that is true. And you could tell that Leonard Malton was having fun with it. And I think that's great, you know, because I think a lot of people wouldn't expect him to be, to loosen up like that. Now, <laughs> you mentioned the uh, episode 21, which is the first TFA teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. What were your initial thoughts when you heard that? Uh, I, excuse the French, pissed myself laughing at that. Uh, because the, the first <laughs> time I heard it, I, I just listened to it um, as the podcast and I'd already watched the trailer probably 20 times before that. So I knew exactly what all the points were. And then when it was released with the edit of it actually against the footage, I, it was just hilarious. And that because not only was it I'm laughing at the reaction that Steele has to this, it was that's the same reaction I'm having internally myself. But I wasn't in an environment where I could actually say that myself. So uh, that one really caught me. And the worst thing about it was that I enjoyed it so much. I actually went through all the data on my phone for that month and had a fortnight of no data plan. So I couldn't actually watch or listen to anything else, all because of this one reaction trailer. All right. Good luck, everyone. This is it. Don't touch me. (laughs) Do you want to watch it again? Let's do it again, do it again. Where'd it go? There we go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I would say that that was worth it. If you're going to have to burn it all up, that's a good one to do it on. Yeah, whenever he does reactions, it's like, yeah, these are the top shelf stuff. Yeah, they're some of my favorite moments. And I think, you know, those are the moments where if somebody who had no idea what was going on walked in while I was listening to it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't understand. Yeah, exactly right. 
Well, I he it was one of the um San Diego Comic-Con, I think, San Diego Comic-Con blog pods where he was playing uh one of the VR games. Yeah, oh, and, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, in in theory, that should be the worst thing to listen to somebody playing a VR game that you can't see or hear any of the audio from or anything but somehow that was that was some great podcasting well i actually imagined him doing that in that he was so caught in the world of the vr that he actually couldn't move his body physically so he was just standing there arms beside legs just standing in the one spot and groaning and moaning but his head moving around with all the action uh, which probably yeah. isn't actually what happened, but it's just how I visualized it. And, um, yeah, certainly makes it, it – his reactions certainly make it to me that, like, yeah, this is what's good about Star Wars. You can have that kind of reaction to watching 90 seconds of uh, a trailer where 30 seconds of it is black screen and you're excited about the fact there's a black screen. Now, episode 34 with Angus Truscott, is there a moment in there that jumps out to you? Well – that episode, it, it kind of goes back to my um, first job as a kid. Um, there's a big radio network here called Triple M, um, and at the time they were the number one station. They had helicopters, semi-trailers with recording studios, six vehicles going around, big massive caravan that was done up as a giant stereo speaker, and it was just like the ultimate radio station. And I got a job there. And... The annoying thing for me was that, yes, I finally got into broadcast media and I'm working at the pinnacle at the top and I was just too excited. I was like that proverbial kid in the lolly shop and I lasted there six months before being fired because I just wasn't doing my job good enough. And I'm kicking myself over it nowadays that I didn't actually get to stay there at that, uh, that um, company. So with Angus Truscott, with him doing work experience on the, the, um, the prequels, that to me was like, ah, oh, I know that that feeling that he had. And I could tell the way that he was reliving it again as he went through with Steel because you're just like, oh, yeah, we oh, I saw Darth Vader. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I did this, did that. Oh, and then this, 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 this. And it's amazing the memories that you have come back up again. And so through that connection, you got to do work experience. Yeah, I, I remember when it was announced that they were filming it here and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to be an extra or something like that? Like, you always think of being at the camera and you never think of, like, people that work on Star Wars that you, you never really think they're in, behind the camera. You think it just kind of, you know, they have, like, 20 Jedi extras or 20 Rebel extras, whatever. But then it came up and I think I... Th I remember he sent me a photo and it was, like, the... Jedi Starfighter, like, you know, the single... Yeah, the... the and I was like, oh triangle. my god, it looks like a Star Destroyer. Like, I'm like, well, what are the implications of that? It's all happening. And then he was like, yeah, I'm working on Star Wars. We could... Uh, do you want to do work... It was literally him saying, do you want to do work experience on it? In inverted commas. Like, nine series of inverted commas. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I was like 15, and it's was like, yeah, that would that, be really good. 
let's see what happens. <laughs> and so we. Oh, and then also, sorry, he says, like, I know you have zero interest in carpentry. How about you start the day I finish and you just kind of watch the movie get made for four weeks? It's like, yeah, that, that's cool. Like, <laughs> that's really fine by me. The, um, w- which is your favourite film? Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. What's everyone say? Because then I want to... Everyone says... Yeah, what their, what, every, they think no, they're no, supposed to say. No, everyone says what their favourite film is. Yeah. <laughs> What's everyone's favourite film? The Empire Strikes Back. Empire, Star Wars. I'm a Jedi man myself. Really? Yum, yum. Do you find it like kind of like a anticlimactic after all that? I always have a problem like in the last like 10 years of my life and I, I always meet girls and they never watch Star Wars because they're girls. And then you're like, you, you, if you want to you get the goods, you've got to watch Star Wars. And then... <laughs> I make them watch that, like everybody else. Is that here. is that your pickup line? It's a mating ritual, if, isn't it? <laughs> so so like, wait, wait. So what's that quote? If you want to get the goods, yeah, go to watch Star Wars. Yeah. Like, let's take a twelve-hour block. You know, fourteen for toilet breaks and food and discussion, and we'll, we'll do all of that. But also, like, hey, this is this is an off-mic conversation. <laughs> this is no, no such thing on this podcast. Yeah. Now. Our favourite episode. Yeah, yeah I no, no, but I just want to chime in about that. Some, I, met, I just, you just sparked a memory. When C-3PO fo- fo- flew, and I was little, and then afterwards he goes, I didn't know I had it in me. I was just like, you didn't have it in you. I'm going to fry it. Luke did that. You're just a droid. Shut up. Like, he's what? like the worst character when you think about it. Like, he accidentally takes credit for everything. C- well, part of the work experience here, Anthony Daniel, there's this scene that was never in episode two, and it sucks. I don't know if it's any scripts or anything. Oh, happened. I know what you're going to talk about. And yeah. Padme dresses him. Yeah. And Natalie Portman wasn't there that day, and he, like, tested out on me. And I was, like, 15, with a huge, like, <laughs> erection, basically, because <laughs> the guy, the, the 80-year-old who played C-3PO, <laughs> was testing his lines out on me, and he's like, oh, do you mind just doing this? I've got to, like, block this scene or whatever for 20 minutes, and figure out the movements when they place the parts on me. And it would have been a really cool scene, I think. And it's kind of lame, but it's so, so weird. He picked, like, a weird 15-year-old kid sitting there to test this scene on. And I'm like, isn't this a professional film where they have, like, <laughs> actors to test scenes on? But if you were, um, like, a real horny droid, you could watch that scene of Padme dressing C-3PO in reverse. Yeah. And it'd be just like... Oh, yeah. Take off my elbow joint. Yeah. What was your first day on the set? First day, it was kind of like... uh, Well, well, I actually have a prop here from set because I stole everything. (laughs) And so not only was it exciting listening to the things that he'd done uh, during his time there and the way that he's chilling and relaxed about it, yeah, just hanging out with George Lucas's son. That was fine. We pranked people, all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what, what space you're in when you're doing that. And so it brought up <laughs> memories for me from 30 years nearly previously uh, of my first job. I can honestly say I've never had a job that cool, so I'm pretty jealous. Uh, it was an awesome job because what we used to do is we used to, to drive around in these four-wheel drives. You do four locations in a day and you turn up anywhere and you had so much power because people wanted to win something from the radio station and you could basically make them do anything to get an icy cold can of, of, of Coke. It was crazy what people would do just to say they won something from Triple M. So, uh, yeah, it was an awesome job. Tell me about episode 49 with Darren Hayes. 
Darren Hayes. Now, Triple M, that station I worked at, just to give a bit of context here, they were the rock station. And Darren Hayes' music, that was more of the pop. And so it was like chalk and cheese. So I never really listened to pop music growing up. It just wasn't my genre. And then give me a hard fast 4-4 four, four, and I'm, I'm into it. But all this soppy stuff, no, forget it. So when Darren Hayes came up as an episode, I was actually surprised of, oh, wow, he's actually a Star Wars fan. And so then I actually started to listen back a bit on his music and listening to him as a person, all of his life experiences and things like that. I was like, this is actually really interesting. I, I maybe shouldn't have written off his music so early. And then the funny thing out of that was that about a, a week after listening to the episode, I'm at the petrol station filling up my car and the Savage Garden song, I Would Fly to the Moon and Back, comes on over the, the music of the, the petrol station. And I'm just standing there like, I wonder if that moon is Endor. I'm sure that's why he was written. So now I, whenever I hear one of these songs, I'm, I'm trying to find a Star Wars reference in it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm never going to hear that song the same way now. That didn't occur to me at all. Um, let's get to what is your first memory of Star Wars? I love this question. Um, you will relate to this as an Australian. International listeners might not understand. I call it the ECA, which was the Brisbane Exhibition. Americans might know it as a state fair. But in our state fair, the Brisbane Exhibition, there was a thing called a show bag, which is oh. like a novelty uh, plastic bag. And uh, the, every year, different people, like it could be Mattel or uh, like a crisp company like um, Sunny Boy or... Yep. Pretty much anything that a, a four to 15-year-old child might be into, whether it be mm-hmm. chewing gum, yep. a brand of chocolate, a movie, the Kiss. Art, that was a kiss big one. Kiss was huge. And so there was this, I guess it was in 1978, there was a Star Wars show bag and they had an advertisement for it on television. I hadn't seen the movie, but we had the novelization and I used to stare at, maybe it was Hildebrand, I don't know what the artwork was, but the cover of that novel which was the very early Star Wars uh, artwork, and the Star Wars show bag fascinated me as a child. So I didn't, didn't really know anything about it, but I, I wanted it so badly, and I never saw Star Wars at the, at the cinema. I saw Empire at the... We were pretty poor at the time, and uh, my parents had uh, separated, and we were living in a trailer park. Can you play some violins here? If not, I'll... <laughs> It sounds more like we should be playing a banjo. My dad was trying to suck up to us, and so he didn't want to see the film, but he took the whole family to the drive-in, which was a big deal. And I remember he snored all the way through it. I sat on my mother's lap, and Empire Strikes Back changed my life. Yeah, that was it. That's dope. Yep. And how long did you stick with, like, you know, Empire sort of blew your mind. Yeah. Were, were you like a, a, like a, a Star Wars fan all through high school? and Totally. So it was the perfect year. Um, that year is my... There's a video, you can find it online. It's called Happy Christmas by Darren Hayes. And it's all about my love of Star Wars because that year, it really was the poorest that we ever were. And uh, we lived in a trailer park and we had like a Christmas 1980, we had like a big rooster chicken in a park for our Christmas dinner. But my mum had worked two jobs and she bought me 24 Star Wars men, Kenner figurines. Happiest memory of my life. And just it, even back then as a child, really understanding the sacrifice that she'd made for my happiness. I mean, our lives were terrible, but I felt like a prince. Mm. Had those toys, uh, the interminable 
wait for Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi was, was excruciating for me, but I remained a fan all the way through. I think Luke in his Jedi cloak and a Gamorrean guard with the two new figurines that I got, my first vision of uh, Return of the Jedi was Ralph McQuarrie paintings and seeing Bib Fortuna, uh, pictures of Jabba's palace, thinking, what is going on here? I had no idea. There was no internet, no way of knowing, unless... You went to the bookstore two weeks before the movie came out like I did and you bought the uh, Return of the Jedi storybook. Ah. So I was the kid that ran... The one with Luke on the cover? Luke the the green lightsaber, yep. Yep. I was the kid that went to school and went, Darth Vader dies! Princess Leia is Luke's sister! And Yoda dies! I said that. I was was the first spoiler. I'm going to take credit (laughs) for that. Told, Told it to everyone in my school. I know, and I mean, this is one of the, the fun things that comes out of this kind of Steel Wars um, experience. You pick up on things that you never would have experienced otherwise because he has such a diverse range of people that he interviews. And so then you go off on these tangents of finding other bits and pieces and it's all fun. Now, has there been a, an interview guest that completely shocked you at the fact that you know, like, like for example, this, where you find out that they're a Star Wars fan and you had no idea. Was there anybody that just like came out of left field and you didn't, didn't know what to think about it? Um, one that actually hasn't happened at this point in time. Actually, I suppose I could, I could put this into two categories. One was Lee Sales as a Star Wars fan. Uh, would never have picked that. Um, given the, the type of interviewing she does on the 7.30 report, uh, here, she's this hard-hitting political journalist but she's right into a Star Wars. But the big one for me is one that uh, hopefully still gets as an interview is Lindy Burns, who's an ABC radio presenter in Melbourne. And to hear that she's a Star Wars fan, because I, when I was living in Melbourne, I tuned into her show every day. It was just it, very uplifting. So I can't wait to hear that actually happen. So hopefully Steele wasn't lying when he said that he's got it in the works. Um, because, uh, yeah, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. And once again, really surprised that she's a, a massive Star Wars fan, and yet at the same time didn't click, given that her Twitter handle is uh, Ewoks something. I have to um, find that one, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, hang on, why did I not click on this? Is there a guest that you would love to see him have on? Oh, look, I, I think you'd have to go with Mark Hamill. Um, it Just be to... I, I think the first 10 minutes of that interview would just be Steele sitting there with his mouth wide open going, oh, 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 not being able to get words out because <laughs> he's finally met his idol. Because you could see when he interviewed Harrison Ford how much he was holding back the excitement, the white knuckle on the fence of, oh, my God, I'm meeting Harrison Ford. Uh, so for him to step that up with, with Mark Hamill, I think that would be the ultimate uh, experience for him. Oh, my gosh, I would love that. I would love that for him. I'd love that for us. I, I got a feeling that if he did interview him, the first question he'd ask is, so can you ignite the green for me? As though he just carries the lightsaber <laughs> around uh, with him at all times for this kind of moment. Well, I would bet that just in case of emergency, Steel would have one on him um, just in course. case Mark needed one. <laughs> I don't want to know where he's hiding it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> So tell me about tell me about the special mention that you had of episode thirty, the questions answered. Yeah. Okay. So when you drive from Melbourne to Adelaide, it's a really boring road, and it's like you leave Melbourne, and after you've been driving for about two hours, there's basically nothing until you get to Adelaide, 
the highlight being a big concrete koala at Dadswell Bridge. And it's, it's as I said, I've, I've done that, that road myself many times. It's really boring to drive it. So to drive it and entertain yourself by doing a podcast over that time, I can see how Steele would have thought, yeah, I'll just do this for half an hour and that'll be fine. And then it turns into a nearly three-hour episode. And that as you're just counting the same tree, the same tree as you go along. And he just went off on tangents. And it was just this wonderful stream of consciousness from Steele that um, really got me going uh, with that episode. The fact that he was like, if I keep answering these questions, I don't have to feel like I'm doing this drive and it'll be a lot shorter. So I'll just keep going and going and going. A bit like I've done in answering this question. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. Now, would what would you say to somebody who is not already a Patreon supporter for Steel? Um, you look at the, the pricing of it. It's a cup of coffee a month kind of thing. Now, I'm on a tight budget here myself, but I still put in towards it. And I think you certainly get your money's worth with steel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is there something that you would like to say to him in this? Yeah. Um, for me, Steel Saunders is the Star Wars fan I wish I had the time to be. Um, because in, in so many ways, I live my Star Wars fandom life vicariously through him. Uh, like one example is I use him as my spoiler filter. If something is steel approved, and I'll put a trademark on that, uh, then I know it's okay to actually watch that spoiler or to hear that bit of the film. And it's dummy really well so far with The Force Awakens and with Rogue One that I've gone into the movies knowing, okay, there's something here for me to be excited about, but I've still been blown away by the movie without knowing, oh, this is going to happen and, and that kind of thing. So for me, um, I think anyone who doesn't have the time to be the Star Wars fan they want to be, Steel is your man. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. That is like the best tagline ever. <laughs> That is really good. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for doing this. And I know you don't feel well today. I really appreciate you powering through. You've been awesome. And I just can't thank you enough. Eric, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wouldn't have gotten out of bed for anyone less than yourself. So, um, yeah, this is, it's been great to do record this uh, with you. And um, hopefully some more people get online as Patreons and uh, enjoy the, the fine, sweet, sweet content that Steel puts out. Well, guys, there you go. The first episode of Strathers Wars. I had a super good time doing this, and I hope you guys had a good time listening to it. The episodes that Rebecca chose from were great, and it was so cool for me to go back and listen to those again specifically. And I hope you'll go back and check them out, too. And for the Patreon supporters, if you would be interested in coming on the show and talking to me about your favorite episodes of Steel Wars, reach out. Let us know. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, now you have a little bit of an idea of what you're missing. So head on over to patreon.com slash steelwars. Take a look around. Until next time, I am out of here. And may that force be with you.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.